Servus und herzlich willkommen to another episode of the Bavarian Podcast Works flagship show. The final of the FIFA World Cup just got over and, uh, well, too many feelings running in all of our heads. Uh, I'm joined today by BFW's I Need No Name and uh, it's always great to have him on a podcast with me because we are from the same time zone, so we don't have to coordinate with someone from the other side of the planet. So how are you feeling today in and uh, what are the emotions of the people around you in your area well um i'm depressed and as depressed as i am it feels like all of west bengal is celebrating there is a chance that tomorrow will be declared a public holiday there are fireworks it's almost like diwali over here for our more international users it's basically like fourth of july over here it might actually be louder than that there are so many firecrackers going off you might even hear them on the course of this podcast my neighbors, they are screaming, they are yelling. My friends who are at a community watch watch together, they say that there is like almost a riot over there. Uh, there are people uh, doing pujos, which um, I can't explain what a pujo is to someone who doesn't know. Sorry, yeah, that's okay. but yeah. um, the, the, oh, it, it's it's literally like. It's like India have won the World Cup, okay? Almost like that right now. It is so surreal to live through this because I lived through two other World Cups before this that I really paid attention to. I was a bit too young to pay attention to 2010, but it was nothing, those World Cups were nothing like this. This feels like something that has caught everyone's attention. Everyone is talking about it. My WhatsApp is blowing up. My Slack is obviously blowing up, but that goes without saying. Um, yeah. Maybe for my some Instagram context. is blowing up. Everything is just yeah. nuts. Yeah. Maybe for some context, we can tell people listening to the podcast that uh, in India, which has one of the world's biggest populations, uh, figures like Messi, who are recognized worldwide, they're obviously more famous than other players. And Messi is a figure representing football as a whole. And in India, since cricket is the most popular sport, uh, when it comes to football, there's just a lot of Messi supporters here. If someone doesn't know much about football, they just support Messi. And the thing thing is, he has a massive, massive fan following in India. So this victory means that basically well over a billion people are probably celebrating. I mean, I'm not saying that there, are, there aren't other fan bases, but Messi alone carries so much weight in this country. And it's incredible, you know, how... I mean, I'm personally not very happy because I wanted France to really win the final. And I'm really bummed that they couldn't do it. But at the same time, I knew that as soon as it reached the penalties, they weren't going to win it. Like, it was just a sense inside. And I almost predicted Kingsley Coman was going to miss the penalty. Yeah, when I he was walking yeah. up there, you got the sense that he was going to miss. My dad, as soon as he saw Coman t going up to take the second penalty, he said, yeah, he's going to miss. And I, I was like literally praying, no, please don't let the Bayern player miss. Please, 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 please. And it happened. At least he wasn't yeah, the only one to miss. Um, the, but the, the shot technique of the French players was super disappointing. Like, first, yeah. the shot placement was so bad. And second, they had yeah. no power with the shots. Yeah, Emi Martinez like, guessed right about three out of, what, five times? He could have yeah. saved Mbappe's penalty as well. So that could have been disastrous for France. Uh, but the thing is that in India specifically, I just want to give some people more context. The thing is that there are so many Maradona supporters here. And that's why they became Argentina supporters. Because back in yeah. the 1980s, the 1986 World Cup was the first ever World Cup to be broadcast on public television here in India. So uh, for a lot of people, their first 
exposure to international football and football as a global sport was that Argentina squad that won the World Cup back then with Maradona on it. So because of that, a lot of people here, they do relate to the Argentina team and they do relate and they wanted Messi to win a World Cup because that would cement his place as the GOAT, which I think now that this is all said and done and after this performance that he had tonight, yeah, I mean, can you deny it? He is the GOAT. Uh, absolutely not. He is uh, the best football player of all time. And I think everything just speaks to his favor. Like he has won every single competition there is to win. And he has had a role to play in the success of every team he's been in to the extent that we can say he's dominated football for such a very, such a long time and at the, at the highest level. So uh, there's no denying that. And uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. It's like my grandmother and... Uh, you know, the people in my family from that generation, uh, Maradona is pretty much the only player they know from that era. And maybe Pele, because he's also famous, but like Maradona was the only player. I mean, Pele was like from a, a older generation, but I'm talking about like that specific 1970s to 19, uh, to late 1980s time period. Like yeah. Maradona was the standout player and he is the only one they know. So it's almost like, Messi takes that number 10 role and he does even better. Like, I think there is possibly no debate that he is the best player to ever grace the football pitch. But at the same time, you can't help but feel that if there's one player who can surpass that legacy, it's Kylian Mbappe. I mean, oh my God, don't I tell felt, me about Kylian Mbappe right I now. I feel so bad for him. Yeah, so, he, so bad. He deserves the win after the performance he put in in this final it's it's very rare for a star player to actually live up to the hype that they get from the very beginning and Kylian Mbappe is the very embodiment of that he always rises to the occasion no matter what and it's like uh, it just makes me think about how the hell did Bayern Munich ever beat Mbappe and PSG in that Champions League final in 2020 because like this guy is not only is he good, not only is he consistent, but he's also clutch. So, so, so clutch. It's like pressure does not even affect him. So I don't know what to say, really. I think that like overall, as a player, he might be one of the greatest ever already. And like he could have had it's, a second World crazy. Cup. He could have had a second World Cup tonight. He could and given how young he is... At the age is, of 23. Yeah, he is 23. Yeah, think about it. Given how young is he mental. is and the rest of the French team, they're going to be back here four years from now. Whereas the Argentina team, a lot of these guys, this was the last World Cup. This was the last dance. France, they're going to be back here. They're going to be back here maybe two two more cycles. So I, I cannot fathom what is going on over there in France. What they have built, what they have achieved is beyond anyone's comprehension. And I do feel bad for Mbappe, but I feel a little less bad for him because he already had his moment in the sun. And I also feel a little less bad for him because fundamentally, I can't help but think, oh God, Bayern Munich are going to have to face Messi, Mbappe and Neymar just yeah. about, what, two months, two and a half months from now in February at in Paris. Before, and you can... Yeah. Yeah, you can you can assume that they're gonna be motivated, right? Before moving into that really depressing discussion, we obviously have to mention that this France squad probably has the most talent I've ever seen in a France squad. It's it's even in better France than France squad, squad. Even I I would say that it has the most the talent. That, 
I've seen France fielded against Italy in the 2010, no, 2006. World I would Cup. say yeah, that yeah. if you look at the France squad, not only as uh, their starting 11, but also the depth that they have and the number of players that they already it's had incredible. injured, yeah. then you would say, I think that this is the most talent any country has ever fielded in a single generation or a single Absolutely. collection of generations. Because you think about it, the injured 11 of France, that might beat. That might win the World Cup any other year. There are guys like Benzema, Pogba, Kante. Like Luca Hernandez. Luca Hernandez, yeah. who is definitely a World Cup winner. So these guys yeah. are not playing. And despite that, France took this Argentina team, which was absolutely, yeah. yeah, two penalties. That And this Argentina team was absolutely like putting every last drop of it into them. And France were not even 100%. Uh, and they still managed to do this. It's absolutely scary and you have to wonder what what did france exactly get right to get this get all this talent together at the same time their midfield is so good their wingers are good their attack is good it's like they don't have any weaknesses except maybe right back yeah yeah i do not i think so this is like the worst performance i've seen from a right back in a very long time it's worse than Thilo Kerr's performance for Germany and for PSG. It was like, I don't know what I was watching. It was pathetic. Yeah, and was... Uh, I just couldn't stand it. I was crying, man. Like, <laughs> the entire defense was let down by one player. And every time Kunde got the ball, every time he got the ball, I knew something was going to happen. Like, either he was going to make a straight pass, he was going to lose the ball. There was one moment in the game when he gifted Argentina a corner, like, out of nowhere, you know? Like, he chested the ball towards goal and i was like what is wrong with this guy and every time he had the ball i just had this dreadful sense of something going to happen like something horrendous so do you think that Deshaun's regrets not playing should have started he should have started Benjamin Pavard yes a hundred percent the you mean the player who scored a screamer of a goal the we best can't goal keep of the bringing up that one up. goal from four years ago when Pavard wasn't and even a Bayern Munich player he was if i remember correctly the same game he won the man of the match award as well for that I mean after as I mean a, given that right this is a goal that we've talked about for almost five years now I mean you think he'd win a man of the match award for that but yeah. I don't understand how Didier Deschamps could see his performances for Bayern Munich and then conclude that oh well we should probably bench him in favor of Koundé like it simply doesn't make sense I believe it was a case of insubordination because the Reports that came out of France said that the reason Pavard was benched is because in the first game, which was against, who was it against? Uh, who did France play first? Uh, so their group had Tunisia, Australia, Australia and Denmark. Yeah, they played Australia first. Yes. Yeah. So against yeah. Australia, uh, apparently Pavard uh, ignored uh, a direct instruction from Deschamps. He uh, apparently something like that. And that's why he has not seen the football pitch ever since, because Deschamps does not trust him to follow his instructions since then. And honestly, I will say that despite the fact that it sounds a little bit ridiculous, that sounds a bit like something Pavard would do. Lately, he has been acting a little bit, what should I say, um, egotistical? Yeah. 
Yeah, I yeah, annoying. Yeah. yeah, he's been. He seems to feel a little bit entitled to certain things. He's playing yes. right back for France. He was the starter, and he seems to think, okay, I know better than the coach. I will not do what he tells me to. And this is his World Cup winning coach, the guy who has always had faith in him, even when he wasn't always starting or playing well for Bayern Munich. And then on top of that, we have his reports that he wants, he demands that. He should be made the starting center back at Bayern Munich, which is an absolutely ridiculous demand because he would be our maybe our fourth, yeah, maybe our fourth best center back or something like that. And on top of that, he wants a raise, which is, I mean, to become a center back, maybe not. And he's not even our best right back right now because Matsurawi exists. He is. I can't deny that he is a good player in general. Like, I, you know, my opinions on Pavard, right? Like. I do. I, yeah. I, I don't. But I don't like him. But I, I can't deny. Over the yeah. course of this season, you have warmed up to him in certain occasions. I haven't like really. Have... I haven't really warmed up to him so like... much as I have to acknowledge where he has played well, and he has played well this season. Yeah. But the fundamental thing is right that back. yeah, he has been a solid right back. But um, he's not the kind of guy like he has a bit of a star, star level ego in him, which I don't know where it comes from. He is not exactly. What should I say? He's not that humble, um, keep quiet and keep your head down, that kind of guy. He's He has a little bit of that thing in him. I I don't know what to say I about it. but Yeah, it's, it's, I, I get where you're coming yeah, from. I think yeah. he's also slightly delusional in that he thinks he legitimately has a shot at starting at centre-back for Bayern, which doesn't really make sense because to look be at the fair, players ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah, but to be the fair... Right centre-back position... He has Upamecano and Delict. Is yeah. he starting or either of them anytime? I don't no. think so. So, but to be fair to Pavard, I would just say that players like him, players that get to the absolute peak of football, they don't get there by having, uh, by being the type of person who has realistic, um, how should I say this, realistic assumptions about their own quality or their own talent. They are the kinds of people who will back themselves no matter what. And if you're someone like that, if you're fundamentally someone like that, then why wouldn't you think that, yes, I deserve to start at centre-back and if I get the chance, I will be amazing there. They're not going to be the kind of guys who say, okay, maybe he's doing better than me and I just have to sit and wait for my chances or something. And also, I also understand the idea that Pavard has won a lot and he might see prospects elsewhere. For example, the Premier League and other, other clubs that could give him a lot of money and he could maybe start for them at centre-back rather than at Bayern. So because of that, I see where he's coming from, but it does it does rub me the wrong way. And I understand it, it, it's like there have been a lot of weird things going on with Pavard behind the scenes that uh, you can think about that drunk driving incident that was reported earlier in the year. Um, yeah. There was that, there were the unconfirmed, obviously, leaked reports that Pavard is uh, I I I won't I, I won't actually share them here, but check check out Roman Molina's uh, leaks on the members of the French national team, and there are also like his demands on the pitch, his regular oh man that was a firework right there yeah um the stuff like that just combines to give a weird picture of a guy who and not until like until not very long ago most Bayern fans would have said that he was one of the least uh, one of the most under, how should I say it, underrated players of the squad. Like, underappreciated, just yes. Underappreciated, yeah. maybe. Yeah, but 
maybe Pavard should have played over Conde because Conde was not good. Dembele was not good either. But, Speaking of um, someone on the opposite end of the spectrum, Upamecano was the best player oh, on the yes. pitch today. Upamecano is my only player. hope. He was Incredible. so good. Uh, best player on the pitch with Messi and Mbappe there? No, uh, I think maybe? I think Upamecano, okay, controversial opinion. I think Upamecano had a better performance than Messi, but maybe not as good as Mbappe. Like on par, maybe close, close to that because I think... The last time I saw someone so dominant in defense was probably Hernandez against PSG or against Barcelona. And that's saying a lot because everyone knows how much I love that performance, that yeah. all-time great performance from Hernandez. And Upamecano was in the way of everything on that, you know, left side. Every single thing that came his way. He yeah, especially when Theo, the, Theo Hernandez was not, not looking that he was, great. He, he was very mediocre, yeah. And he lets so many Argentinian attackers get ahead of him so many times. It's like it's almost like sometimes he like lost uh uh the vision and maybe the awareness of his position and he just like just went somewhere further up the pitch and he completely uh forgot that he was a defender and Upamecano had to cover up for the entire defense. And he had I think uh someone I think one of the commentators mentioned it, three goal clearances. And yeah. five blocks this game. Five blocks, three goal clearances. And I'm not sure how many tackles, but many tackles. And that was one hell of a performance. And I just think this spells a lot of good things to come for Bayern because we have invested quite a lot of money in three fantastic centre-backs. And if they're all fit, then I don't think any defence in the world can be better than Bayern's. Well, um, let's talk about that because you are talking about like the long term, right? But what about the short term? We saw Upamecano today against Messi. He can maybe stop Messi a little bit, not completely. I mean, who can do that? But now that we are going into... Man, forget Messi. What about Mbappe? <laughs> Mbappe, I have given... I, I think I've given up. I think Mbappe is going to run circles around us. Um, Knowing what... Well, technically, wouldn't it be Matrawi versus Mbappe? I think so. The thing is, I th in today's think, game, yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed was that Mbappe, obviously, he likes to drift into the wide side, but he loves to cut in and dribble through tight spaces. He yeah. did that so many times against the Argentinian defense, and they didn't not they did not have an answer. They just fouled him and just hoped that the referee wouldn't see that, you know. And the thing about Bayern is number one, the referee will not, you know, hesitate to award a penalty against Bayern if yeah. The player breathes at an attacker in the box. Second, Delict cannot keep up with Mbappe's Yeah, De Delict it's, is it's impossible. very slow and he is also a foul yeah. merchant. So, yeah, um, it's not looking good, is it? And, yeah, I think Mbappe would target Delict if he starts because he loves to drift into the central spaces and, you know, dribble through the penalty area. And I think he might look to earn a penalty or two against Bayern because... It's 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 difficult to stop him without fouling him. And if you're a Bayern defender and if you're not very fast, like Delict, I wouldn't really blame you if you you know foul him because that's the only way you can stop him. But that being said, if Hernandez is not available for the PSG game, he isn't. I do not think we have. I mean, <laughs> isn't there a possibility of like a no? Miracle? There is no possible. He tore his ACL. It's there's no possibility. What is the minimum time required for? It's usually you know, six months recovering from. So many. Oh God! So he's out for his, the rest his of the season, season. His season is over. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Man. I would. Uh, I would assume. Uh, I would actually assume that Bayern will be conservative and give him nine months. 
So you're telling me that we're not going to qualify. <laughs> yeah, I think Bayern is done. Wow. Honestly, um, Neuer I... is out. And uh, look, oh, yeah, we have seen, as well. we've seen Neuer. Oh, God. We have seen Neuer stop Mbappe, right? We've seen Neuer stop Mbappe. He's one of the few goalkeepers I can trust to stop Mbappe sometimes. Yeah, but, you mean like um, in 2021 when he just let Mbappe score two goals? It was snowing, he, okay? It was terrible goals, so like... It was snowing. One, one to the near side of the doesn't post. doesn't count. It rebounded off his hand and went inside. It was that snowing. It was snowing. Right. Okay, sno okay, snow and Bayern Munich don't mix, okay? All right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, basically, based on what we know, what we're thinking, Bayern Munich are completely screwed. I think that, okay, and it doesn't stop there. Sadio Mane is out as well, potentially Sadio for Mane the game. Potentially. Yeah. And then we have a list of other injuries that I haven't even mentioned. Uh, I think... Uh, wait, Masrawi is... Uh, Masrawi, exactly. He didn't play the final game for Morocco, so who knows what's happened to him. And uh, I'm not sure of the state of, you know, the... The, the German players, the Germans at this point, the mentality, after, yeah, after yeah. they just, after yeah. they just like, Muziala is, Muziala is at least um, having a vacation with Fonzie. They seem like bros, but yeah, Kimmich seems depressed, which is which is very hashtag relatable. But um, I don't know. I don't know. It's I, just I don't. I don't exactly. I don't. Feel, yeah. I don't feel good about Kimmich being in this place because he's usually the one that rallies the team together. You know, yeah, Instills he's that one of the confidence. team's leaders. Yeah, so. When he he's is down. down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel, I kind of feel bad for Nagelsmann right now. His team was absolutely flying ahead of the World Cup. And now he's basically had all his players come back with some form of major disappointment. You think about Here's it. That's another reason why I hate this World Cup so yeah. much. I hate it so much. Why would you keep it in the winter? Like, why would you disrupt the season, the moment the clubs get because players Qatar injured? bribe FIFA. <laughs> All right. I mean, we know why. Yeah. We that's know a, why. It's a, not a. It's not a secret. That's a, that's a whole discussion. Yeah, I know we do, and I. I believe four officials have been arrested for it, or at least detained. I guess there's like my whole whole investigation going on. I think by the arbitration, the court of arbitration of sport, or something like that. I'm Look, not sure. The thing is that the exact FIFA are cockroaches. You kill. You kill one, five more will sprout up in their place. So, <laughs> like, it's it's there's no point in arresting. There, there is no yeah. point in arresting corrupt football officials. And I mean, what what else can we say? The thing is that, um, yeah. So, it's weird how this World Cup has been for Bayern Munich, don't you think? Like, I'm not gonna talk about individual player performances right now because we agreed before the podcast we would do an in-depth review of each and every single player. Maybe next week, uh, because we have several weeks to go before Bayern Munich returns. But overall, exactly. from a Bayern Munich perspective, this was a very, very bleak World Cup, wasn't it? I feel very, very, very bad for Nagelsmann. And I think even if he tanks against PSG, we should still not, you know, stop backing him. Because I would I mean, imagine if someone else was in this position. Like, I don't think yeah, there's I... so much pressure to perform. The players are not in a good state. You have half your squad out with injuries and the rest of the players are demotivated because of the World Cup. It's such a rough spot to be in. Yeah. And, and you're facing PSG to make matters You're worse. facing PSG. I mean, it's, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, honestly, if you told me this before the World Cup, I would not have agreed with you. But given how devastating this World Cup has been, to me at least mentally, 
I can't imagine what it's been like for the players who are on the pitch and feel these things on a personal level. So I can un- fully understand if fine second half of the season completely tanks because of this particular World Cup. In in one sense, think- getting knocked out early is a good thing for most of our players because they got a decent amount of rest. But the mental, if if I will say this, if our players can come back mentally from this World Cup, um, then you have to give all the credit to them. Uh, you have to say that these guys are not, uh, these guys are fighters because coming back from a setback like this, this is a big deal. This would be on par with maybe how the 2013 team came back and won the treble after all the setbacks in 2012, you know? Absolutely. And I also think that since we've seen how good Nagelsmann's band can be just before the stretch, we saw them dominate in the Champions League. Did not concede a single goal against both Inter and Barca over two legs. Yeah, but Nelson. Thoroughly dominated so many teams in the Bundesliga despite so many goalkeepers having elite performances against Bayern. And he's made Chupo Moting a star. I mean, the entire team is generating so many chances. Everyone's playing so well. Leroy Zane is an absolute monster, or at least was before the World Cup. And Muziala is producing at an unprecedented level for Bayern. So... If there is a drop in the team's performances, I think the management should still continue to back Nagelsmann for this role and maybe give him more time because honestly, it's just too many factors that he cannot control and it would be unfair to expect a victory against PSG given all these circumstances. And you have Neymar, Messi and Mbappe in that attack and the rest of the team is also really good. So like, I really am not sure how one can expect Nagelsmann to... I mean, if we beat PSG, that's crazy and I'll be ecstatic. But it just doesn't seem very likely. What would your opinion of Nagelsmann be if he can pull the team out of this? Then I think he probably shouldn't be sacked for the next three years. Like he Oh, come is on, a dude. He is a manager. I mean, he has brought in new ideas. He has made this team undergo a transition, which has been relatively smooth. Integrated so many players so well. And he's bringing the best out of so many players. Like, Zane has not looked better in his entire career. Muziala is fantastic. And Serge Gnabry actually scores goals. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, Serge Gnabry has been... hasn't been good for two years, so. No, but he has had a stretch this season, I believe, under Nagelsmann when he scored in like seven consecutive games or some, something crazy like that, which I've never uh, seen No, in my life. that wasn't like... exactly it. He scored seven goals in like two, three games, so... No, no, it's, no. It was, sure it was a classic. He assisted in seven consecutive games. Did he? There was a statistic. Okay, maybe that he did. And, I don't remember. I don't even remember Gnabry playing seven consecutive games this season. Was, <laughs> he felt like he was always injured. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is true that he is very inconsistent and he is prone to injury, but Nagelsmann somehow brought the goods out of him as well and out of so many other players. I believe that, you know, he somehow got the midfield getting a good rhythm and all the midfield players were functioning pretty well. The defense was stellar against Nagelsmann. So many clean sheets towards, you know, the build-up to the World Cup. You know, Upa Matano, Delict, Hernandez, all of them are fantastic. And Davies and Mazraoui. Like, Mazraoui has, like, unlocked a different level under Nagelsmann. He's like a right-hand side Davies, honestly. Exactly. So I think he has you know, been the right back that we've been looking for so long. That one right yeah. back. Who would That's why Pavard is so teams. shook. Exactly. <laughs> you know, come and displace Pavard out of the lineup. And he was also so good for Morocco in the World Cup. So, I mean, honestly speaking, I think it would be too harsh on Nagelsmann to, you know, yeah. not back him after this. And mm. 
Okay, one more question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of Bayern's goalkeeper situation? Like, what should we do? The goalkeeper that? situation. Uh, this is probably, given the time we have remaining on this meeting, it's probably a little bit too complex to get into. But I think All that right. Bayern's goalkeeper situation is comp- like the search has gone completely off the rails. Apparently, Alex Nubel doesn't want to join us because he hates Tony Tepalovic. Um, who knows what the drama is behind the scenes there? Then there is the fact that Vivakovic, we are not looking at him seriously. Randomly, the name Bono, the Sevilla keeper, Morocco keeper, came up. Um, I don't know. Most people say that he has been terrible for Sevilla, but when I watched him for Morocco, he was good. Who knows what's going on over there? But fundamentally, it feels like a very disjointed panic search. And it's got to be because we did not expect to be in this position coming into this. At it's some such point, a I will... injury. Yeah, it's, it's so such stupid. a dumb injury, and it's so <laughs> irresponsible for Neuer. But I can understand that he was feeling like this is one of those Terrible mental lapses that can happen Cup. after yeah. the World Cup, especially since, um, like you think about it, he he had all the opportunities to become the greatest World Cup goalkeeper ever, uh, surpassing anyone else in terms of the number of appearances made, and instead Hugo Lloris has gone past him now. Yeah, it's just yeah, who, it's just really sad because who's like yeah, levels below. Not yeah, levels below. Nowhere in the final itself, he was so poor. In my yeah, opinion. he was not. All the that, saves he made, he made a few shots. good. Yeah, there were direct shots at him. He did make a good save on one Messi. I think. Messi. Yeah. 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 But effort, other than yeah. that. Yeah, so I can understand what state of mind Neuer was in, and I can see why he made possibly a poor decision in that moment. But come on, man, can't you just stay home, play video games or something? I These swear. guys need to get different hobbies, like seriously. I think I, I think Alex getting Alex Nubel back, in my opinion, is probably the the, the best shot we have right now because I, one, our season is already done for, so we don't have much to lose. Yeah. Second. It's a good way to integrate another keeper from Schalke with sort of the same background and very good distribution skills. Mm-hmm. And he's German as well to take over yeah. from Neuer because I genuinely believe Nubel has what it takes, but he just doesn't have enough experience at this point. But he's very young and he also has a lot of time under Nagelsmann who can, you know, unlock another level as as he's been doing with the other youngsters. So I think better than maybe getting back, getting someone like Bono or Livakovic who may or may not turn out so good based on just four or five games you've seen in the World Cup. Nubel is someone the scouting department has seen for a very long time before they signed him. And he's a player that we all thought would be the Neuer successor. So why not just give him his shot at doing just that, you know? Because that's what fair. Could go that's, wrong? that's fair. I, I think done. what could go wrong in terms of like Nubel, maybe he completely flops. We have to pay Monaco for buying him and then we can't sell him and then Noir comes back and Nubel and Noir hate each other and etc etc lots of things could go wrong Schnitzel no, never say would what cost... could go wrong <laughs> I stand corrected yeah touche I yeah, should exactly. say that especially as a Bayern fan because there are lots been... more things that we could yeah, say about yeah. this but honestly I think we should leave it here because yeah, today I there think... is no need to... yeah there's no need to go too in depth into a lot of these things a lot both of us are still reeling from that World Cup final, honestly. I will just admit, like, if you were I expecting season, a longer podcast, I'm a little bit sorry. If I have that. if I have any hopes for the season, it's just been on the Bayern Frauen. I'm just hoping yeah, that they Frauen, do Frauen, <laughs> I, 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 I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about the Frauen. They have been so good. And exactly. if, if you guys can tune in, 
please do because the Frauen, we do cover their games here at Bavarian Football Works. Especially we do live threads for every UCL game. So please do tune in. Um, the last game against, what was it? Rosengard? Rosengard. Yes. Yeah. 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 What a great win. And Four my, fav- three, my yeah. favorite player, Georgia Stanway, man of the match or woman of the match. She's um, so good. She's so good. She's unbelievable. She's so yeah. good. I, I, I love her. I love watching her play. And look, I think I, think I, I wish we could. I wish we could. Frauen this season. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I wish we could do more uh, podcasting stuff about Frau and Frauen. In fact, um, I will tell the listeners this. Uh, you give us more of your questions going forward because we have a long break ahead of us and we want more questions, more discussion points, more stuff like that so that we can find topics that we want to really cover that people will be interested in because there won't be any games now, right? So, you guys, please do get back to us. Find us on Twitter at Bavarian FBWorks. Check out our blog. And you can find us on pretty much any podcasting platform, which is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. This was Schnitzel and In. And I I think we should sign off here because um I wanna I, I wanna yes. I wanna join in on the World Cup celebrations. This kind of thing, at least here in Kolkata, here in West Bengal, it happens once in a generation. People are celebrating, people are out on the streets. It is absolute yeah, pandemonium. Man. It's literally past midnight and people are absolutely in a party mood. So I'm going to leave it here. And you yeah, too, we'll Schnitzel. Have a good time. Yeah, you have a yeah. good time too. Good night. And we will see you probably next week for our weekend warm up done by Chuck Smith and then our regular podcast. Do check out our older episodes where we talk about detailed stuff about Germany, about uh, our, we answer Twitter questions and more. And pretty much that's about it. So thank you for listening and see you next time. Vielen Dank, guys, und ciao.